Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. So my wife seems to watch all the programs that she says she is not interested in when she goes to visit my daughter and our grandson in Florida. It was that way with Game of Thrones, and it's been that way so far with The Walking Dead. She liked it. Maybe you've seen it. I haven't. In case you're not familiar with it, the premise of the show is that there's a worldwide zombie apocalypse where a zombie virus, for lack of a better word has infected most of the world's population, turning them into walking dead zombies. Well, they roam around attacking anyone they come across, turning them into zombies too. And the series centers around a group of survivors led by the main character, Rick Grimes. Well, at one point in the series, the group makes their way to the CDC headquarters in Atlanta. They expect to find hope and help and maybe a cure for the virus. But instead, they find a lone, fearful employee. He doesn't really know what he's doing, and he's just about to give up searching for a cure. As if that wasn't bad enough, while they're inside the headquarters, this employee tells Rick a horrible secret. A secret the viewers don't even find out until later. That secret is, spoiler alert, that everyone is already infected with the zombie virus. And that even when they die, they'll turn into a zombie. This is crushing news. And Rick sees how this knowledge has filled this employee with fear and driven him to the point where he is willing to take his own life. Rick is crushed, hopeless and afraid. It's as if he has become a slave to this fear. It's so bad that he even refuses to tell anyone else in the group that's this news as they leave and go on their way, paranoid and afraid, leaving viewers to ask, was this the zombie virus or COVID? I'm sure you've noticed parallels between this story, if you've been watching it, and what we went through with COVID. We were surrounded by a global pandemic, a virus. People everywhere were afraid. Some are still afraid. And sometimes we wondered, too, if the CDC headquarters was manned by a single, fearful, hopeless employee who didn't really know what they were doing. But what differs in our situation, and what's obvious to those of us who would call ourselves followers of Jesus, is that this virus isn't the real enemy. In fact, physical death itself isn't the real enemy. It's the virus of going our own way especially when disaster strikes, finding and groping through our feelings, friends, maybe TV commercials for truth and for a cure instead of looking to God who takes care of us through all things, even solving the problem of physical death. Our propensity to wander from him and the reality of death and judgment are real enemies. They're virus. But we're Christians, right? We've been saved from this, haven't we? 
But honestly, we still find ourselves surrounded by evil, which tries to draw us back into slavery to fear, and specifically the fear of losing what we have in this world. We know that COVID or any illness really can only hurt us physically, nothing more. However, maybe your situation is different. Maybe the death of a loved one is near. You know that when your loved one dies, they'll be with Jesus, but their impending death reminds you of the true enemy lurking around, making you feel fearful, even in yourself. Perhaps it's something you've done. Maybe someone you've hurt. You know that it was an accident, that the person has forgiven you, but you still can't get rid the the virus of sin out of your memory. It reminds you of your sinful nature. It reminds you of the real enemy that's lurking around, seeking to draw you back into slavery, into fear. This is the reality of the world around us. We're a broken toy in a perfectly created world. We're surrounded by other toys that are equally broken, equally self-seeking, self-surviving, self, self, self. We are tempted to fall into slavery and fear because of the hopelessness that surrounds us. This is reality. But it's a reality from which you and I have been rescued. Paul reminds us of this in our epistle reading from Romans this morning. Let me read it one more time. It's Romans 8, verses 12 to 17. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ, if indeed we are in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. There are two things that are noteworthy in these verses from St. Paul. The first is that you and I have not received the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received the spirit, and that's capital S, Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption as sons, as Paul puts it. Christ has defeated the evil of this world, and because he has done this so, he has given you his spirit to guard you from slavery and fear. Focus on him. Go to him. Call on him when fearful. To put it differently, we have heard before from Romans 8, there is nothing in all of creation that can separate you from the love of Christ. Not death, not life, nor angels, rulers, coronavirus, or any sin that you may have committed or that you will commit. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. Paul also says in this verse, immediately preceding our reading, he says in verse 11, since the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Luther had a beautiful way of envisioning this life-giving presence of Christ in the believer. He said, 
Since the bread we eat and the blood we drink is the sinless and ever-living body and blood of our Lord, this goes on living in us even when we die. It is imperishable. And therefore, as John says, he who believes in me will never die. Being like him in his death, we will be resurrected to new life with new glorious bodies like our Savior. That's our hope. Hope not as a wish, but as the, sure, the sureness of knowledge of that which we know to be true through faith in God's word of promise. We are children of God. Jesus Christ has overcome the evil of this world so that we might share in his glory. He has given us his spirit guaranteeing this. In this world, there may be divorce or violence. There may be murder, illness, death. In this world, there is loneliness and homelessness that drive to addiction and despair. But in spite of all this, we have a father who has overcome the world through the sacrifice of his son. He loves us. He has given his love through death. He weeps like Christ did at the tomb of Lazarus for the evil that you experience and go through in this world. Come what may, you are still and always will be a child of God, fellow heir with Christ, suffering with faith in Christ in order that you may also be glorified with him. That begs the question, how do you suffer well in Christ so that you might one day be glorified with him? As I've thought about this question, I've been reminded of the last part of the prayer our Lord taught us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Only in English is this the translation of the Greek. In French, in German, Italian, Spanish, all say, don't let us fall when tempted, but rather deliver us from evil. Maybe Jesus was on to something when he gave this prayer to his disciples. Maybe Jesus gave you this prayer so that you would stop worrying so much that you face temptation and evil alone in this world and risk falling back into slavery and fear. Maybe Jesus gave you this prayer so that you would stop trying to fix everything on your own. Maybe Jesus gave you this prayer so that you would call on God's name to deliver you from evil and not something else in this world. The prayer says, don't let me fall when tempted by the evil one, but rather deliver me. Because he is the one who can and will do that. In his small catechism, Luther writes, we pray in this petition in summary that our Father in heaven will rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, and finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. As you and I seek to turn to our Father in prayer during all kinds of hardships and evil, I pray that you would also be the kind of church who models for those around you just how to suffer well. Yes, in some ways, sin and evil are like that zombie virus on the loose all around us. The zombie death has no hope of life. It is eternal, walking, dead. So many, that is, those who do not know the new life in Christ, are, in fact, walking dead. Zombies, slaves to sin and death because there is no other choice. They, like us, have been bitten by a snake in the garden. 
You and I, however, have been rescued from that and are part of a reality TV show not produced, directed, or shown on TV. A reality show that has a triumphant outcome. Where it's so easy to bite others so that they would believe and receive new life. Infected by God's salvation and live delivered from their zombie life. Our reality is to live the rescued and resurrected life amid a dying and troubled world. A life of hope snatched out of the jaws of despair. A life of love for those who nobody will love. A life in faith in a God who saves. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.